everybody, welcome to another episode of the Toy Lines Podcast. With me as always, Ian Westoff. And I'm Tom Romero. Ian, how are we doing today? Uh, we we be doing fine. Um, <laughs> lots to talk about. Uh, yeah, it's been a good week. We got the last Ronin, Star Wars Ronin, Mandalorian. Toys, a lot of stuff going out there. Where do you start? Let me ask you this about the Mandalorian. Do you think his favorite car is a DeLorean? Crickets, man. There's crickets on that joke. <laughs> think he likes his speeder it was we'll, cool. we'll get in yeah we'll get into that i started watching venture brothers this week because i had some time to kill as i'm healing oh god such a good show i miss it i miss Still, it already the last season or no i started nope i started from day one when when the animation was flash that's cool to go back and see how something started and you know and and, and see what it becomes and how that but it's kind of like how South South Park started out with um, almost like paper stop motion, with, yeah. You know, and then the, I guess it's computers to make it look like that now. Or by the time the show came out, but but you know what's funny? You can they've done stuff you can't do on TV anymore. Like the early episodes, Brock's always smoking. People get away with that at South Park. There's a lot of things. Do they still smoke? I don't know, but I'm just saying like. There's things now, uh, or let's put it this way. There's things either from 10 years ago, five years ago, definitely the eighties. You would not get away with on TV now. Oh no. Uh, On any, what kind of uh, cartoon? I mean, um, tiny tunes is being rebooted and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that's going to have a couple of things. They're not going to let you redo, uh, do like they would have done in the nineties. Well, even the dialogue. I mean, I can't believe how much things have changed. I mean, there's stuff Hank says on that show that'll crack you up, but you cannot get away with it today. It would be considered, I don't know, racist Whatever. or yeah. non-PC or it's here's what gets me. It's funny. You know, it's not intentional to hurt somebody. No, you know, yeah. Mel Brooks um, served in World War Two. Um, uh, Mel Brooks is obviously Jewish. Everybody knows because he always makes Jewish jokes. But he said the best way to stop like to beat racism is to make fun of it. I don't know saying we should all go out and, you know, tell a racist joke. I'm saying the way Mel Brooks did it, who, um, probably it was funny for everyone, right? He, you know, if you got in on the joke, then you get it. And he, he, I guess it, it takes the sting out of it. Um, Mel Brooks is also a classic comedian that just, you know, um, he knew how to do it and do it right. But, um, yeah, so it's, we live in a world now where like you gotta, everything you say is scrutinized. And... So the last Ronin came out, highly anticipated comic book, was fortunate enough to grab one of the 130,000 copies. Which sounds like a lot. I can't believe how little it was. But it sounds like a lot. 130,000, you know, it's like, wow, but you know. It, yeah, it's... but in the big comic book scheme, it, it's actually not that much i mean even even by today's standards i think like a decent book but if that was like a regular do you think it's just because it's what this comic is tom waltz said they were optimistic about it they didn't truly realize how popular the book was going to be and so they thought one hundred thirty thousand would hmm. more than enough i mean 70 different covers but yeah it did come out i read it unbelievably good it brings you back into on the Mirage days. What you didn't expect, and I haven't read it. We discussed it before we went on air or started recording. And we won't say it, but 
you know who the turtle is by the end. Correct. One. It's not like it's a mystery, which actually is the way I thought it would go down. Yeah. If you're if you're listening, folks, this is going to be a non-spoilery review. Our spoiler review will be next week when we talk about turtles. There is some Easter eggs in there, you know, some some nods to the original stuff, which is which is fun. And, you know, it creates mystery. Essentially, the first issue is Ronan tries to break in to the villain's headquarters. He wants to take him out. There's voiceovers going through his head is related to him. I'll leave it at that. Does he reply and have a dialogue with him? I mean, it could be just voices in his head, mm. you know, because you, you have to realize this turtle saw his whole family die. You know, he's still in mourning and, and you can tell. There's a scene in the middle. Very sad. I'm not going to spoil it until next week, but he, he tries to do something and he fails. You know, he wakes up after being in a, I guess, semi coma or catatonic state because there is a scene where he's there with all the brother or with his family. They're all talking to each other, and then he wakes up. I mean, this this was a fun comic. I mean, I, I lately, comics have just not been to where it used to be when we were growing up. But The Last Ronin will... If you're a Turtles fan, The Last Ronin will bring you back. So if you didn't, you know, get the first issue, there's going to be a whole bunch of second printings coming out. You know, That's a thank cool. you issue for retailers. Do yourself a favor, pick this book up. Mandalorian Season 2 premiered. Season two, episode nine, because this takes place right after the ending of season one. So it's like direct continuation. I avoided everything before watching it. So did I. And yeah, then I, I, I wanted to go in fresh. I saw something. I was like, not reading it, you know, quick. But um, afterwards, I went back just to kind of like go over, you know, go over things. My wife fell asleep Friday night because she was tired from working towards the end. So we watched the ending again. And this is a show that like repeat viewings really brings more to you. For instance, every show nowadays has is done widescreen. If you've noticed, or if you haven't noticed, you will now because I'm. It's been I told you, and you're just you're just gonna see it. So widescreen, of course, is the black bars above and below the picture. Our TVs are pretty much made for it nowadays. However, um, depending on the aspect ratio, is the size of the, of the movie. And the black bars. So a film that's two, three, five, which Star Wars is, um, is beautiful. Uh, it's just a nice long aspect ratio. Two, five, five. You're talking like Sleeping Beauty, which not many films are made. It's even better. So two, three, five is a standard. Spielberg does it sometimes. I think Lord of the Rings was done that way. So if you watch this episode, everything's widescreen. Surprisingly, towards the end, the aspect ratio changes and goes from... So widescreen, like I explained, is with the bars. A full screen is when the image takes up your entire TV. So if you remember um, before uh, flat screen TVs, you know, where they were rectangular, when a TV was square, the picture filled the image. If it was the flat screen and you had... Um, a widescreen movie, you would get the bars. So uh, this did the opposite. So it, it just took up the entire screen and it was very subtle. It didn't even like, I quoted on my second viewing and I was like, that's very interesting that they did it. I'm sure there's a reasoning why, but uh, there's so little, many little things like that that's in the show. Probably didn't realize, but uh, if you go back to episode uh, or, you know, yeah, episode one and watch it again, you, you'll probably catch more things. So what was your favorite episode? So far, of 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 all, yeah. uh, so far, I I liked the one where they had to go on like that 
bounty hunt the, this mission he didn't want to do and there was a Twi'lek and um, they were like saving her brother or something. Remember they're on a prisoner. Race. Yeah. That's my favorite. Um, that was really good. I, I loved I, it when he's taking them all down now after, yeah, after yeah. he escapes. And that one scene where it goes black, you don't see him. It goes light. You still don't see him. It goes black again and light again. And he's right behind him. That's what I like. Like Batman. I loved, loved it. it. That's what I like about him. He's just like, just knows what he's doing. And, I think first season, every episode was good. I really enjoyed the one where they were at, like I said, that village um, where, you, where you see Cara Dunn or Cara Dune or however you pronounce her name with the ATST. And the lady was talking to him about the helmet. And it was almost like he had a chance to have a normal life um, if he removed the helmet. Uh, I also liked the episode with the Jawas because they were just like nasty things to him. They took apart his ship and. It was just, it was great. You know, that was just like, it was funny, but you know, he's fighting this, um, this beast and he's getting a crack kicked out of him. And he was like trying to climb up the, the sand crawler. It was just, it, it was great. That, that's one of my favorite episodes too. This episode, I would say if anything is a little slower compared to the other ones on its own. But if you watch it, I mean, it, it's a, you know, it was the first episode for the new season uh, so, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not insulting it it's, it's good uh i like it i love this show it's, i think it's my favorite show that's on it's really one of the only shows i make an effort to watch but i think the mandalorian tells an entire story um you know that's by the end it'll be like this entire thing told that you're gonna you can go back and, and pick up things that were said at least that's what i'm hoping How, what did you think of this one I liked it. Honestly, I thought it was just like the the one with the Jawas. Oh, yeah. Only because, you know, they go after this giant monster that's wrecking the town and they find a pearl again, you know, so. Right. And, and actually, I'll be honest with you, as soon as the sand crawler picked it up, I thought it was another egg. The sand person. Yeah. There's differences, though, of course, in that the Jawas just wanted to eat the egg. Right. Whereas whatever the Tuscans wanted this for, I'm not really sure. And it was it was kind of interesting seeing when the sheriff shows up. Yes, because I, I on Mango was like, oh, it, it's well, I, I knew it wasn't Boba Fett, but I knew it was his armor. It was his armor. I like how it didn't exactly fit him. <laughs> Did you notice? Yeah, that? yeah. And I was like, like yeah, if you stare at him for a long time, Timothy Oliphant, he he's too thin to be a Mandalorian, <laughs> which is kind of funny. It's just like. He uh, kind of looked like a scarecrow, Boba Fett armor. Yeah, he looked like me if I wore it. I'm I'm short, but you know the armor wouldn't look right. It, and it's like that's not Boba Fett, you know, which is kind of funny. But what was cool is when um how he gets the armor, how he explains it. Um, the character himself is cool. You know? Yeah, he he was kind of understanding. Uh, I, like, I think, yeah, I get it. You know, this is part of your your creed. Yeah, I think they'll have him back at least possibly. I'm not sure. Um, it was interesting to see more of the sand people because we know very little of them, really. We know that they ride single file. We know uh, apparently they don't like pod racing because they shot at them in episode one. We know Anakin doesn't like them. But um, it was kind of cool to see things. They do such a great job of honoring the original trilogy, but making this their own. But keeping right. it, I guess, in the lore of Star Wars. And in the movie, I'm sorry, the show has that lived in feel everything 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a Star Wars thing. It's I mean, like George Wars. Lucas. George Lucas. I'm sure he gave his blessing on this. Yeah, but it's like it's Star Wars, like everything Star Wars, without being Star Wars, because it's not like you know Han Solo. And in theory, like this is six years after the after Jedi. So in theory, these characters are still around. Of course, we're not going to see them because the actors, you know. You know what? You never know. Because according to John Favreau, Mark Hamill voiced one of the stormtroopers in season one. That's cool. But I, but I don't think they're going to be meeting like the Mandalorian. It's going to be meeting Luke Skywalker anytime soon. No, not maybe not. Anytime Unless they soon. do like some age thing with the computer. But, you know, what would be interesting. And I was thinking about this the other day. You know who I'd love to see on the Mail and the Lorian? Is it Tag and Bink? <laughs> yeah. Because they were supposedly um, in Solo. Yes, uh, they Momo. were everywhere. Yeah. You know what? I just wish once they would have said the name, the characters would have said their names to each other. Because, like, I think they were guarding the pit where Chewie was, where Han first meets Chewie. And I think that would have, that, that, that's, that's a funny point that you, that, that you bring that up. That would be interesting. You know, just even if it was like for, for one throwaway gag. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, Mando's stuck in, I don't know, he, he can't turn on his, his backpack and all of a sudden tag like hits it with a stick or something, you know, just just something stupid like that. You know, that that would that would make it fun. Or maybe they're they're a bounty. He has to track down. Oh, my God, that'd be awesome. Um, there's a lot of great references to. New Hope and Jedi in this episode without giving them away. So here, here's the thing. This show's popular regardless. Do you think it's, is it popular because of baby Yoda, the child, or is it popular because of the Mandalorian? I think both. No. I mean, people, people for years want to know more about Boba Fett ever it since, is. you know, yeah. Jedi and the Christmas special. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like part of me doesn't want to, I don't, part of me doesn't like, I don't want to know about Boba Fett, but this is a new character, so it's kind of interesting to learn about him. But I, I do think in Jedi, Boba Fett supposedly, air quote, dies like a punk. I mean, it's just for a great character who looks so great. He just dies. Like, come on. Well, Lucas probably didn't understand his popularity oh, yeah, at no, the time. Yeah, well, he was pretty popular in Empire. Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett, said when he got the gig, when he tried on the outfit, you know, Boba Fett has on his shoulder those braided Wookiee scalps. Like anybody who could take some Wookiee scalp is pretty serious dude, but he didn't know where they went. And he kind of like, I think he put him like under the helmet, like hair or something. And they were like, no dude, they go, they go on your shoulder because he's such a great looking character. Just everything from the mask plating and everything. Uh, so yeah, Boba Fett's really cool, but uh, this show has made me more interested in like the Mandalorians, which funny is that, you know, they've been around obviously since uh holiday special, and there's tons of books and comics and whatnot. And things changed here and there of like, you know, origins. Uh, I think as far as canon goes, your best bet really is to follow uh, Clone Wars and then Rebels. Because um, Filoni wrote that or was, or was involved in those. And if Filoni was kind of going off of what uh, Lucas is telling him, I think that's the safest way to go. Between him and, and, and Favreau, they're just doing like galactic job of... Uh, giving us one of the best shows ever. Yeah, and it's hard to believe Disney Plus is a year old already. Right? That's a good point. I mean, what a year it's been. Good Lord. But um, thank God for the show, because at least, at least we got it, you know? I'm so glad they filmed it this season, and I'm so glad they're going to be able to work on season 
three. three. And as far as getting back to like, what what do you think makes it popular? Um, my friend's wife, she she loves Baby Yoda. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, not not to criticize women or or be sexist or anything, but I think Mandalorian brought in the hardcore Star Wars fans, and Baby Yoda brought in people that didn't really have Star Wars on their radar. You know, because yeah. that that surprise at the end. I mean, Baby oh, Yoda, who saw that coming? Yeah. I mean that like, you would need the uh, a whole world just stopped and was like, hey, maybe twenty twenty is not so bad. You know, right. we we have this adorable Yoda. It's like you would need like the, the equivalent of the sports almanac from Back to the Future to figure that one out to place money on that. But like, it was such a good secret it, too. It, it I was. mean, no one saw this coming. She, like I said, we didn't get toys for like a year after, yeah. or close to it. Yeah, like she's a big fan of Star Wars itself, but she loves Baby Yoda. But I like Baby Yoda too. Don't get me wrong. I think he's, he's you know, how can he not? But I, I just, like, the Mandalorian is so cool. I would say he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters right after like Han and Chewie. And I do love the lone wolf and cub aspect. Yes. That's a great story to, to follow. Which, like I said, he, they've tried to do with um, Django and Boba, but works better in this. Maybe because uh, episode two only had a limited amount of time. Uh, and this is like a series where they're going to play it out. And it's interesting. So for those of you who listen to us, I don't know, whatever your age bracket is, if you were a fan of like the Fugitive movie, I'm sorry, the Fugitive TV show or the A-Team or things like that, these are shows where the main characters just rode around and helped people in trouble, even though they were being chased by the government for, you know, false, being accused of um, killing his wife, but it was really the one-armed man and the Fugitive and whatever the hell the A-Team did. But I've kind of noticed that like some of the episodes are really just like Mandalorian showing up somewhere and somebody needs help. And he's like, no, okay. I, I, he takes care of business and he's still working on trying to bring the child back to wherever the child comes from, which we don't know still. And I wonder if we ever will. Maybe when ratings start to dip. Yeah. You know what though? Like they said, so they said season three, I think season four a movie. I mean, you don't want them to milk this for all it's worth. It would be interesting, though, to have an episode without the child in it, like just Mando. I mean, they have tried it in the past. Let's see ratings drop. <laughs> um, well, maybe not. I mean, it does have a strong following. It's got great storytelling. Yes. You know, I mean, it has every genius director on on the planet, you know, dying to work on this. I would love to see Spielberg do one and Blue Peter Jackson. Jackson. Imagine that Spielberg and Peter Jackson. I want I want to see a George Lucas one. Lucas, you know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It would just be like faster, more intense. It's something to look forward to each week as well. Yes. Know? Which is nice because... Yeah, we were debating about this, the, the binging versus weekly. You kind of got me on to the, it's not so bad without binging. I think for certain things, binging is great. Um, Stranger Things, excellent. I think that's a great way to binge. Um, Can't wait for that to come back on and, and just watch it again. For this... I don't know why I like it weekly. And, and a lot of their stuff is weekly. I mean, just not even the Star Wars related stuff. They, I think some other, their other, other shows are weekly and it's, you know, it's a good way to keep your content that you have and, and, and spread it out through, you know, two months or three months. And then by the time this ends, what do we got? WandaVision kicking in? In December. Right. So yeah, it's like right around that time. Wait. So it's kind of cool. It's like you're writing on, on Star Wars. Next thing, boom, here's your next show. 
So they're they're doing it pretty pretty smart. They have to do it smart. I mean, it's the only thing keeping Disney afloat right now. Well, right now with this COVID thing, I mean, California, I don't think that state's ever opening. You know, Disney World just laid off a couple of thousand um, uh, more employees of uh, who are performers in some of the shows. Disneyland Paris is closed. So, yeah, it's they, they need to do this right. But um, I would like, if I may, getting back to what you said, Tom, an episode without the, the, the child. I was going to call him the baby. I don't know why. So we, we have all this merchandise coming out. One of the things I want are novels. So, you know, Star Wars um, always had novels and comics since the movie first came out. I mean, the first Star Wars novel, other than the novelization, was Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I want to see Mandalorian books that take place before this so we can learn more about the character. And whether or not they're canon, they would, Disney would probably decide. I, I guess they would be. It would be cool to see what he was doing before um, he finds the child. But then they can do stories even with the child. Um, I'm sure that's not far off. But that's something I would really like to see um, as a fan of the show. Speaking of merchandise, let's get into some of that. So Disney is a merchandise generator. The real money's in the, the toys and the products. Merchandising, merchandising. So, I suppose a flamethrower. So, the Black Series first started on August 1st, 2013. The Mandalorian was the 94th figure released in the Black Series. Do you know I had the chance of getting that? The, 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 the first Mandalorian figure, um, my wife pointed it, no, because she, whatever, she showed me, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like the show or not. And I didn't get it. Wow. Like, what an idiot. <laughs> Like, I am stupid. Nah, it happens. I mean, this was the 94th figure released in the Black Series line. Great. Then they came out with this one as the first edition. I remember I was in a convention. Um, I haven't seen this one. because the, the one you showed before had a black box. This is a white box. Correct. This is the first edition. It was a Walmart exclusive. And I remember going to a convention, and this guy had it for like 200 bucks. I mean, he was he was trying to sell it to me. I mean, it was a hard sell. I was like, "Listen, buddy, I'm not spending two hundred bucks." No. So wait, why is it called first edition? It was just a limited edition box, basically. It it came out with the regular series in Walmart. So it so came out with this one, and it's the exact same toy, exact same packaging, as you just a different box, box. right? The, the 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 shell, so to speak. Right, uh, and then uh, it was only available at Walmart. But so it's kind of like the, the yin and yang of both of uh, Mandalorian colored boxes. Pretty much, I mean, it Hasbro's big on just doing taking the same figure and just putting a new you know, package on it. Yeah, right. But yeah, this guy thought you know he he well technically he won the lottery because it was Walmart, so I'm sure there's only sure. like seven around. And then uh, the next Mando figure that was released was Mando in Beskar armor. No, it's a different box because it's got a window and you see the rocket. He comes with the rocket pack. This was released a couple of months after. It was a wide release. It was just Beskar armor. I can tell you I have never seen him on a shelf other than that one time. Really? Yeah, I've never seen him other than conventions. I mean, we were fortunate enough. My wife picked up the child at, at, at Walmart a few months ago. This is the only release of the child on the Black Series. However... There have been other versions of the child throughout. There's so much stuff of him. 
he's got a Mattel figure, an animatronic yeah. figure from Hasbro. He's got little PVC toys. The PVC ones, which are kind of cute. I can see a, a kid playing cool. with those. Funko Pops. I mean, kid, there there won't be a shortage of the child merchandise this Christmas. I'll just like, leave it at that. Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story 2. Exactly. But he won't be alone because there's also the Mandalorian in a carbonized box. They, they refer to this one as the carbonized Mandalorian. Yeah, I was just thinking this was brown until you said that, and now it looks copper to me. Right. So I see your point with it, where what they're saying is the carbonized box, but that's just a marketing scam. Yeah, it's basically Hasbro again with a, a different box. Yeah, Change that color. And then later on throughout the year, we received on the Black Series the Heavy Infantry Mandalorian. He was the one that helped Mando, you know, when everyone else shows up. Right, at the end of the episode when right. they kind of like um, reveal themselves. Exactly. Yeah, he's cool looking. Now, this is a figure. She has a ton of different versions. The armor. She has a Black Series, and she also has a special edition coming out in Christmas. And that one has a comes in a, a it's basically a box with a cover over it. You can slide it out. It'll be available. It might be available now because it was a Hasbro Pulse only exclusive. There's also the Vintage Wave. Yeah, retro. All right. Now, these are the vintage figures. They're six inch. But they're also part of the Black Series. That's actually a good point because, which we will get into, um, the Mandalorian vin- vintage collection. Right, that's coming out. Which is soon. a different version. Correct. Those are the three and three quarter. They're going to look like ones. Star Wars Kenners. Yes, exactly. They look awesome. Got night like he was complaining about. So on the vintage, you remember how on their cloaks it was like that plastic. It, well, that, that, he doesn't like that. No, he he had some problems with it. Yeah, it, it I understand his point because originally before, uh, well, Ben Kenobi had one. He had like Darth Vader had one. Right. Um, Lando, it was just like this plastic thing that their arms went through. You could never get their arms back in if you took it off. Um, and that's what they did with these this line that they put Mando in. That it it is cheap looking. I will not deny it. It's it's an ugly looking thing compared to what we get today. And it's even right, though, but it, they're trying to get to that that retro feel, you know. Like, those, I think it has it. Like when I look at the IG droid, he just looks like IG eighty eight to me. Um, Mando looks like um, Mando, except you know, like that cloak made that way just stands out. You know, it just ice. That's the first thing I noticed on them. I was like, is that an old plastic cape on them? You know, and that was just like a shock to me. Just to see that, like I never thought I would ever see that again. Yeah, those are definitely cool, and you know, it brings you back totally. And um, I mean, my favorite part about it was I'll, I'll never forget how you know the lightsaber was actually built uh, into the arm. Yeah, until you slide it out. Ben Invader and his that little like I don't know, I don't know what you like a wick at the end, sort of you know that just fell off right away if you pulled on it. Yeah, yeah so sense actually. So yeah, so on Mandalorian Monday, they announced that they're going to have the retro figures of Mando, the Child, Grief Karga, Moff Gideon, pronounce this. Yugnut. We'll just call him Yugnut. Yeah, Yugnut. IG-11 and Cara Dune. Yeah, these are really cool. They're going to look cool, nice on the card as well. You know, like if... Yeah, I could see... I could see like the retro collectors just leaving them in card and just... I would totally do leave them in card. Hang them on a wall and stuff. Yeah. 
going back to the Black Series, there was a Cara Dune figure mm-hmm. that's released. There was an IG-88 figure mm-hmm. that was also released. 88 or 11? I'm sorry, uh, 11. Okay. I know they announced a Carl Weathers figure. I believe he'll also be in the Black Series. So our favorite crowdfunder, the Razor Crest, has announced two more four and five stretch goals. Fourth one will be a stand, which you can actually place the Razor Crest on, and it looks like it's taken off or flying, however you want to envision it. So that'll be going for 15,000 subscribers. And then number five is a vintage car Jawa with the elder Jawa. Apparently he comes with a Karuki knife, a necklace and the mud horn egg that they cracked open. And he will be available after 17,000 backers. We're at 14,387 as of this recording right now. So, so it did go up. Um, We're almost at the 15,000 mark. So yeah, that, that stand, that, that'd be a nice addition. And what's nice about this, if, if you go to Hasbro Post to check it out, they are showing the ship painted. So you kind of get an, get an idea of what it's going to look like. You know, I didn't think we'd be getting any more um, unlocks, you know, like these secrets. I'm really happy about the stand. I think the Jawa I could do without. Yeah, I think the stand should come with it. And the Jawa would be a cool, like, Mandalorian line figure. Exactly. You know? But... You know, because it, I mean, a single Jawa just doesn't and seems out of place, you know? It's, yeah, yeah. You need more than one. Because they have to say Utini. But, um, you, I feel terrible ripping them off the card because he's that only way you're going to get them, you know? Is with, uh, by well, spe- you're going to run into that problem, uh, with the child as well. Yeah. But with the child, I feel like you could also buy another vert, like the Black Series or another, the vintage one if you had to. But yeah, I mean, Good thing they didn't put the Mandalorian on the card. We'd be really in trouble. Yeah, good point. And then for the retro figures, Hasbro announced that the Vintage Collection, Hasbro Pulse also announced that they're also going to include Moff Gideon and the armor. Every time I hear that name, I think of Gravity Falls. Little Gideon. <laughs> if you watch the show, yes. So the Black Series is going to have two more figures from the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, and I don't know how they're going to get away with this. He's without his helmet on. He just got kicked out of the Mandalorians. Pretty much. Apparently Mandalorians don't shop at Walmart. Or Target. Yeah. But the Target exclusive will be another version of the child. Telling you folks, we're not going to have a short supply of Baby Yoda stuff. He's basically going to come with a removable helmet, all his pieces. We got some Beskar down there. Some, um... Some credits. Credits. Imperial credits, the baby, the child, and the pram. Yeah, the bounty, the lights when, up. Okay, that's what, I, that's what I thought, but I was like, it looks like a triangle. Yeah. This one I might pick up. I know, and honestly, I just want... the Black Series does some nice stuff. Yes. I, I, I like their articulation. I mean, yes, they're yes. not made to go into, you know... I, I, I just want one Mandalorian figure, and this helmet can stay on if it has to. I did. You know, I, I just want one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Order your Razor Crest. You can also pick up Cara Dune to sit in one chair, the baby in the other, and you're good to go. So uh, Jason Sadakis, the scout who played the scout trooper, the speeder bike from the Black Series. Um, is this, no, is this the star trooper who hit Baby Yoda? It is. That poor guy, like that actor, everybody hates him. 
you know, like really, like you I know, it's funny. He was on uh on Conan O'Brien the other day, and he totally forgot he was on that show. How do you at least he at least he played like he forgot he was on the show. I I guess it's because I didn't expect to do what it did, and I remember like my friend's wife like, pissed off that they hit it, and I'm like, look, man, I, I get it, but. It was kind I mean, of. I mean, he didn't hurt it. It was just like I told you to shut up, and it's kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny like you want to see somebody getting beaten, but it was just like part of the show. And um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people got really pissed about that. Um, but I guess that makes that's what makes us fans. Diamond Select Toys has the Mandalorian in Beskar armor bust for their newest Legends series. So it's half scale. It looks nice. That's if awesome. you want That's something on your, your shelf. Nice is like um, saying hello to your mother. This is beautiful. <laughs> this is a, just, I was about to say nice. This is really cool looking. Yeah, it was kind of interesting and uh, I'm nitpicking right now. So you do you remember at the end of that episode, yeah. he comes out of the, the dragon yep. and he's covered all in that acid. I'm like, well, you know, that's great armor. You know, it could withstand all that acid, but Beskar, baby. His his cloak or his hood didn't burn either. Yeah, it's a bit nitpicky. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one further. When he shakes his hand? No, that's a good um, one. <laughs> John Favreau directed this episode. Um well that that doesn't go one further, actually. I'm gonna go one further. That is just like something out of the Avengers, the first movie, but Iron Man. Mm. But uh, it was still cool. I mean, just sometimes you got to put those little things aside. But yeah, I guess I, guess, I you know my second viewing, I did notice all the the stuff on them, but I never really put that together. You know, <laughs> that's funny though. Well, yeah, I mean, he goes up to the sheriff and he's shaking his hand. I was like, that doesn't burn. Dude's hand should have been burning, right? So the Diamond Select bust will be 10 inches. Beautiful sculpting. Paint is amazing. Mm. And it will be limited to 1,000 pieces and comes with a numbered certificate of authenticity. And if you're a Premier Guild member, your orders are guaranteed. That's cool. That's a nice touch. Especially today, with all the not being able to find anything. Oh, that's so true. I'm still looking for those Naked Turtles. Mm. I'm just looking to see a turtle. I don't know. It could even be a real like pet turtle. I mean, it's gone to the point where like I've been talking to some people and they're like, listen, I just want this stuff. So I'm going to pay out the nose for it. I, I mean, I'm, not, I'm still not going to do it because I'm against the scalpers, but I can tell you we're not the only ones who are talking about this because I was looking on Instagram. I was following somebody. They're called the black series. And it's all about, doing um toy photography with the black series figures and even even those guys are saying they're they're fed up with like exclusives and this and that and not being able to find anything so it's it's country if not worldwide problem where um you just you just can't find them it's like that's your job is like trying to find it so i see a monopoly is making a retro remnant stormtrooper the Monopoly, the Mandalorian Monopoly set will come with a stormtrooper. One of the stormtroopers from 
first season from the first season you know yeah he doesn't look bloodied or anything like that it's just he just looks very like very early stormtrooper mm. well, that's what i like about this show it's got a total macquarie feel to it you know compare like so you know macquarie and i've discussed this macquarie did the concepts for four five and six and uh, somebody else did them for the prequels and somebody else did them for the disney trilogy but I li- I've always liked Macquarie's artwork, and I like how they um they decided to go with that feel, which they didn't have to, but you know whatever. I guess I liked it, so cool. And so, if you wanted to buy a cheaper Razor Crest, Lego has your answer. There will be a Lego Razor Crest, no price point as of yet. Glad to hear that they're releasing it because I think we were talking about that too a, a couple of weeks ago, and um, it's you know I think it's cool that there's that other option for for fans. Yeah, especially for Lego collectors. I mean, they they really don't... I mean, I've noticed if you're a hardcore Lego collector, that's all you collect. You probably can afford to. So for you cosplayers, you can become Moff Gideon and have your very own life-size Dark Saber. That's cool. That's going to be a popular item when they um start making it glow and all that stuff. Totally. Which I don't know how they would make it glow like that, but that... Also, um, so we see that at the end of the first season. Um, we're going to learn a lot about that, I have a feeling, in this season. Um, a couple of weeks ago, well, it might have been last week, I don't know, I mentioned the, I pronounce this wrong every time, I apologize, everybody. The Misho or Maisho movie realization Ronin Star Wars figures. They are doing a Mandalorian one. It's going to be $100. He's 6.7 inches. He's got um, four optional sets of hands, a rifle, a gun, a sword, a sword, and a sheath. He's going to look like a Ronin samurai from the, the samurai era. Um, so armor-wise, picture his armor, but more like a samurai. Um, this is due out in March of 2021, and I got to say, the picture I saw looked really sweet. So um, I, I really like these... Um, versions of of uh the star wars toys when, when they're making him look like this it's a pretty cool concept considering uh samurai has played such a huge part on the uh, creation of jedis for lucas that is and hot toys has announced they're coming out with the death watch mandalorian now for those not familiar this is the mandalorian that saved dinjarin from you know certain doom can you do you let me ask you this do you have trouble pronouncing his name Dinjarin? Yeah, I do. Not after I hear it. Dinjarin. Okay. I always think it's Hot Toys is also coming out with a Hot Toys Mandalorian and the Child. It seems like everybody's making that nowadays. I don't understand why you would separate them. They should always be a set. Oh no, no, of course. But like like every company's making their version. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and then I mean Hot Toys is, you know, just But you know the thing, the thing about the show is that it's got a so they're your main characters, and then you got a good string of second characters. So you got Cara Dune, you got um, Carl Weathers' character, whose name I can't think of at the moment. Um, and I, I really hope that they introduce to us a few more characters that I don't know. I don't want to say pop up every episode, but you know that we get that we see from time to time. Well, it's Star Wars. They're going to make everybody. Yeah, yeah. Even the bartenders, and then there's going to be one. 
another one from Hot Toys. Once again, Jason Sedakis as the scout trooper, and he comes with a miniature child in a knapsack. Two punch, if you if you want to have two punch, yeah. But don't do that. That's cruelty. You should come with those laser effects. This way, like if you have like a target, it'll just completely miss. This is what kind of bugs me a little, but I can I can understand this character in this timeline. So Hot Toys is also coming out with Mandalorian Death Trooper. Here's my problem with the Death Trooper. They also showed up in Rogue One, which kind of bothers me because something that cool and new like that shouldn't be in a prequel trilogy, you know, because we never saw them throughout the original trilogy. It's more like, um, so where did they go for four five and six? Yeah. So, and for those who can't remember what they look like, it's the stormtroopers in the black armor. And you're right. They are cool looking. Like, I mean, where did they go? You know? Yeah, exactly. Like they don't, they have no, I can understand them in the Mandalorian timeline because they came after Jedi. Sure. Right. Maybe they, you know, wanted something new, but in Rogue One just doesn't make sense to me. And you also got to think by the time Jedi ended, the Empire is in little pieces here and there. So some Sarn Troopers are working probably as like, you know, security guards. Yeah. independent. Yeah. And, and, and some were still loyal to the Empire in little fractions. So it's, it's, it's a good point. And then Hot Toys is also releasing the Mandalorian Incinerator Trooper, which is, eh, he's all right. I'm not a big fire guy, but they're also coming out with a Remnant Stormtrooper. So those were the hired yeah. hands. They're kind of cool looking. Yeah. But I like how their armor's all beat up and dirty. And... and then along those lines, they're also releasing a heavy infantry Mandalorian from Hot Toys. So this is going to be awesome. You know, he's going to come with a bunch of weapons. And then there's going to be a Hot Toys IG-11. And then they already came out with the regular Mandalorian without the child. Like I said, it just doesn't make sense to one or the other, you know, missing. Oh, yeah. I, I can see. I can see it just for this. Like, they do. They should be together. But, like, if I saw the two of them together and the two of them sold separately, I'd just buy the one of them together. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know. Uh, yeah, Hot Toys does some great stuff. I mean, these guys are super detailed. And going on to other toy news, um, this I'm really thrilled about, Tom. Mondo is releasing the Universal Monsters um, Creature from the Black Lagoon. This thing is so sweet looking. There's going to be two versions. Uh, the one-sixth scale. Um, so, details. 16 points of articulation. 12 inches, two heads. One is with the open mouth and one is for an underwater. Uh, it's a pair of swim hands, which I don't really get since his hands are already webbed, but whatever. Swim feet. A fossilized hand, which if you watch the creature from the Black Lagoon, you'll see that's what they find, which sought off their journey to said Black Lagoon. Um, the, the, so this, cre- this one is going to be uh, $175. Even cooler. They are making a variant, a silver screen variant. Um, all the same features, except it's going to be uh, like a black and white version. Uh, that one is going to be $185. Mondo will also be releasing Universal Monsters posters um, of Frankenstein, the Bride of Frankenstein, the Creech, and the Invisible Man, and Wolfman. Um, so it looks like Universal Classic Monsters are getting some love again, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, I wish it would have come out earlier. It would have been great for Halloween release. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Our good friend Blake Wright has announced that Toys at Time Forget Volume 3 is almost complete. And according to him, it is the closest thing to what he originally envisioned for Volume 1. Nice. The Kickstarter will begin February 2021, so we'll keep you updated. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you discovered. Skybound Entertainment is also doing their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles limited prints from artist Peter Santamaria. These are okay, I guess. I mean, you really got to be a hardcore Turtles fan to get, you know. Oh, yeah, they are specific to, like, somebody's artwork and your your tastes, whether or not you like it or not. You'd be surprised. Last night, I saw Kevin Eastman draw a last Ronin cover, and it went for two grand. Yeah, but it's also Kevin Eastman. Yeah, that's true, but... But, you know, like you said... It's crazy, two grand, though. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of Turtles, um, Playmates is coming coming out with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles original comic box set. This will be sold in Walmart, so good luck finding that. Uh, this is going to have four Turtles, Splinter, and Shredder. They're each carded, and then they're going to be put in a box that looks like the Turtle Van. These will be out in December, and it's actually reasonably priced at $39.97, or I don't know why it's $97, but $40, bucks basically. Yeah, that is a good price. That's like, why is that such a good price? Did they make a mistake? Well, you're getting uh, six figures. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. Hasbro Pulse and 3-0 have united to create a G.I. Joe 1-6 collection, starting with Snake Eyes. Be, he will have 30 points of articulation, fabric, clothing, and accessories. Pre-order is open now and will ship on December 21st. So for all you G.I. Joe fans, that's a great Christmas gift right there. 3-0 um, does some pretty good stuff. They uh, they used to come out with all these weird-looking alternate versions, but some of their stuff is pretty good. Also from Hasbro Pulse, they announced on Power Rangers Friday... The Lightning Collection. It's going to be Space Ranger Red versus Astronema 2-pack. And then the SBD B-Squad versus A-Squad Blue Ranger. Also announced was the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Pumpkin Wrapper and King Sphinx. And for you Ghostbuster fans, for years it has eluded us. A perfect Proton Pack. Oh my lord. Don't tell me. Now you can build your own from Max Factory. Proton Pack started as a casting pulled from molds made during the production of the original Ghostbusters. Using multiple references from the Sony archives, their pattern makers went to making certain adjustments to create the idolized Proton Pack. Captures all the unique characteristics from hero props while straightening out distortions and adding a uniformed finish. I've wanted one of these for so long and uh, spirit Halloween was selling one and I didn't buy it. Do what? Do you just buy the shell and buy the, and get the parts. Yep. And then you have to build it yourself. So you buy the shell separately and buy the add on sort of, sort Correct. of. Thing? Yep. Cause I know the neutrino wand right. that's built for this is uh -huh. a whole separate piece, but uh, it's made to be worn. That's so cool, man. If that thing makes noises, I would be so happy. And if you're interested, you can go to maxfactory.com and order yours today. And order one for me too, please. Do you like Play-Doh? I've heard of it. Play-Doh? Yeah. You've never played with Play-Doh? 
No. All right. Seriously? Seriously? Yeah. As a kid? Nope. Never, never smelled Play-Doh. I've smelled it like during kindergarten class. All right. So, so you know, okay. This is you kind of scared me for a second, Tom. So Play-Doh is coming out. Wait a second. You really don't really know Play-Doh that much? Yeah. Does Mary know this? I'm well, just... I'm sure she played it. She probably sculpted the Mona Lisa out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you got to buy this. You got to hear this. Hasbro has created Play-Doh for grown-ups. Um, they are adult. Yeah, I know. I see that face. They're adult scents, as in smells. And it comes in a six-pack. They will have different colors and aromas. And they here are the titles of them. Overpriced latte, which is coffee. Mom jeans. I see some making faces. Mom jeans, which is clean denim. Grill King, which is smoked meat, which I don't really want to smell in Play-Doh, but I don't know. Dad sneakers, which is going to be rubber. Spa day, which is, I think, floral. And Lord of the Lawn, which is fresh cut grass. They will come in four ounce in four ounces, and the colors will match the names, so you can only imagine what that's going to be like. The interesting thing about Play-Doh, for anybody who's interested in anything about Play-Doh, is that the original creation of Play-Doh was not as a toy, it was as a wallpaper cleaner. Back in the 1930s, when they used furnaces and coal to heat a house, the, the soot would blacken the, uh, the wallpaper where the vents were, and it needed uh, something to clean it. Um, that was in 1933. Cleo McVicker of Kutal Chemicals created it. Uh, well, his, his brother, actually Noah, created it. They made the product, which turned out to be a white dough that could clean the walls. They would just scrub the wall with it. In the 1940s, uh, gas and oil heating became more efficient. Using furnaces and coal kind of went out, because it didn't leave a trace behind. So now they were stuck with this product. Um, we jumped to 1954, when Kay Zufall, who was a nursery school teacher, and I'll um, mention how her school needed a better and cheaper form of modeling clay because it was too expensive at the time. They were tried using Play-Doh and it worked very well. So they removed the detergent element and the white, cl the white clay for playing was created. It was originally named at that point Kutal's Rainbow Modeling Compound, but it was Kay who thought of the more descriptive name Play-Doh. Um, for anybody who knows who Captain Kangaroo is, Captain Kangaroo used to feature it on his show once a week. It would get 2% of sales for so long as he did it. So he did it a lot. Um, it was originally packaged in a cardboard can with a metal bottom and weighed 1.5 pounds. It cost $1.50. It was sold on the McVickers Rainbow Crafts, and the official mascot was an elf-like character. Although, like everything else, he got redesigned um, and became a, a dressed-up boy named Plato Pete, which I didn't know he went through several changes in 1960 he was a hippie and no, i'm just kidding 1960 he wore a beret then later wore a baseball cap which is the one that we're most familiar with plato um did make some changes to the dough over the years it made it softer they added more colors like yellow red and blue in 1965 general mills bought it and um they became the owners six years later uh kenner bought it in, uh, which was 1971 and by 1986, the cardboard can was gone, and they started selling it in plastic ones. And I think I vaguely remember a cardboard can. Uh, 1987 is when Tonka bought Kenner. 
in Plato and remained with them until 1991 when Hasbro bought it from um, Tonka and they included it in their place school line of toys. The ingredients of Plato are a secret, much like the ingredients of Coca-Cola, but we do know that some of the ingredients are wheat flour, water, salt, petroleum, diticylate, whatever that means. Uh, National Plato Day is September 18th, and um, there you have it, folks. Adult scented Plato. Yeah, that shows a marketing gimmick. Oh yeah, That's all it is. How, how, how for adults? I mean, come on. Yeah, just buy it and play with it, right? If I have if I have enough time in my life to play with Plato, I'd probably be doing something else. You're kind of making me feel bad. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just saying. I'm just... I, I think some of those fl- uh, flavors, some of those scents are kind of crazy. Like, I don't want to smell like like a steak coming out of Play-Doh. Right? That's just, and I don't want to smell like dad shoes, like dad sneakers. That's just disgusting. That's just weird. So, up for pre-order from the Mesco 112 line is Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, we made fun that when we saw it at Toy Fair... And they announced it that the chainsaw was actually going to work. It will make noise. I don't believe it's going to cut anything, but it does make noise, which is cool. Three equally gruesome head portraits. And then it's going to come with the usual Mesco stuff. Sets of hands. Ten hands. Hatchet. Knife. Bucket of blood. Mallet. Bucket of blood. And and some blood splatter effects. That's pretty cool, actually. They are creative, Mesco. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Mesco does some great work. So if you're a big Leatherface fan, head on over to Mesco.com and pick yourself up a Chainsaw Massacre figure. So, Tom, um, coming from Beast Kingdom, USA, it's an incredible idea for a Toy Story toy. They are toys of Andy and Sid from the first movie. They are called, um, well, the way it's written is the letter, the number eight, and C-T-I-O-N hero figures. So H, H, I don't know how to pronounce that. Action figures? Both figures of Andy and, Andy and Sid will be fully articulated and will look like they did in the first Toy Story movie. Andy comes with a scaled version of Buzz and Woody. He has three face changes, two outfits, a hat, interchangeable hands, and a display stand. Sid comes with Scud the dog, three face changes, interchangeable hands, um... An in-scale Buzz Lightyear with a rocket taped to his back, uh, as well as one of those a- um, alien toys with three eyes and a magnifying glass. Um, they are $69 each, which is, I guess, somewhat decent. And they're going to be released on April of 2021. For It's kind of weird, in a way, for a Toy Story toy, but it's I, I never, I honestly, I never would have thought this one coming. So this is like a, a not that I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna collect it, but I'm just like, wow, that's that that is left field thinking. That was some pretty smart stuff. The little girl's probably gonna be in wave two. Good point. Good point. Oscar Isaacs, Poe Dameron himself, is in talks to play the MCU and Disney Plus Moon Knight. Pretty cool. I like him. He's a cool guy. Yeah, I was really hoping for Keanu Reeves in the. Yeah, that's true. But I can, I guess, I can see him play Moon Knight. I can see that. Uh-huh. Bruce Campbell has announced the new Evil Dead will feature a female hero. I kind of would like them to see him carry I'm, on with his daughter. Yeah, I'm wondering if this is just going to be a reboot, another reboot. 
Yeah, most likely. Uh, Tiny Toons is being rebooted. It's gonna yes, be, gonna be called Tiny Toons Luniversity. It's gonna be on. Uh, it's gonna be half hour. It will be on both HBO Max and Cartoon Cartoon Network, which is pretty cool that they're gonna put it on Cartoon Network as well. Yeah, yeah, they they're hurting. I mean, some of their shows are just unwatchable. And then I am curious to see who they're gonna get to replace Plucky Duck, because uh, the original artist passed. The what really? The voice artist died. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, a different Plucky. Yeah. Now here's some positive news for 2020. Why the Last Man has begun production on FX after being stuck in development hell. Now this is the show based on Brian K. Vaughn's DC comic. It's exactly what the title says. It's the last man on earth. And he goes through hell trying to find his girlfriend. But he has his monkey ampersand to help him along the way. And I'm sure Agent 99 is going to be there and... I'm really looking forward to it. If you're, if you're looking for a really good book to try out, Why the Last Man is that book. I read that Ampersand is going to be done all, all CGI. Probably. I can't sure. imagine. I mean, you, know, you train you know, those um, monkeys like they use in Friends and, you know. Yeah, but you know what, though? Friends didn't have the, the type of CGI we have now. Well, no. It, but it just seems like, you know, it just seems like a waste of money at this point. The monkey and friends is only in it for so long, and in certain locations, if you're doing it like a movie where you're wandering around the the, the country, you know, it, it's probably better to do with a, C, a CGI creation just for animal safety and all that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, all the volumes are collected, so pick yourself up. Uh, Why the Last Man? Get on board with the rest of us. Now, here's an interesting rumor. I know I don't like. We don't like talking about rumors, but I thought this one has some merit. Brandon Ralph may reprise his role as the Kingdom Come Superman on HBO Max. That'd be interesting. That'd be really good if, if they could pull that off. So didn't he reprise his role in Smallville? No, it was a Crisis of Infinite Earths. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Uh, crossover. Yeah, yeah. I, La last Christmas, too. That's been a year old. That's a year. Jeez Louise, I'm so out of it. That'd be awesome, though. Good for like him. to see, I, yeah, to I see like Brandon Ralph. Yeah. And uh, Superman Returns, was it called? Yeah. And you know what? I, I also kind of feel bad. I hope he does get a second chance at Superman because he was good. Yeah. And after Superman Returns, all that backlash, the, he took it hard. And see, that's the thing. I don't think the act, depending on the situation, an actor doesn't deserve the backlash. Unless he's, you know, mouthing off or something. You know, it's the same thing as Jar Jar. And now it's this, you know, he did a good job in that movie. I liked him. I thought he was great. Maybe, you know, it's not his fault for whatever reason of the writing and the script or whatever. If a movie didn't take off well, fans, you know, we take things seriously. But sometimes we got to learn when not to and be like, be like that. You know, this is a human being, you know. He doesn't deserve that at the end of the day. He's just making a living too. But it, it is nice to see like, like yeah. so many people are getting second chances, which is kind of nice. I like seeing that. Yeah. And speaking of second chances, now if you log on to Fathom Events, you can see the 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie on the big screen. That's actually so cool. So you mean it's going to be in theaters? Yes. 
for a limited time run. I believe it's November 5th through through the 7th. And the only problem is you got to find out what theaters are, are available. Yeah. I know there's, there's one close to here. We were thinking about doing it, but we saw that there's like eight other people already in the theater. So we're just going to sit at home and watch it on our big screen. Well, there you go. See the way as long as you get to watch it. As a reminder, the official Four Horsemen Convention, G-Con, will take place on November 13th. On the following day, on the 14th, will be Mythic Legion Con. Log on to SourceHorsemen.com for more information. So thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. Thank you to Shared Universe Podcast Studio. A special thank you to Spectre Creative, who's helping us out with uh, some other projects. Join the conversation at ToysPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on your favorite podcast podcast platforms iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify and podbean for the latest toy reviews and information log on to toy-lines.com follow us on social media twitter and instagram at toy lines and facebook at toy lines or toy shelf magazine Don't forget to watch the next episode of the mandalorian this friday i'm tom romero and i am ian westoff and <laughs> play with your toys see you next week Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC. Which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right, it's Wizards, Wizards the, the podcast, podcast guide, guide to, to comics. comics. The exciting show where Adam, that's me, and Michael, that's me, will take you through the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. 